Tonight, we're in Canada, but we fight for freedom around the world. Today, a retrospective of our work with Tommy Robinson. It's Christmas Day, and this is The Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. standing in the streets of central London, not far away from the Old Bailey Central Criminal Courts, where tomorrow Tommy Robinson will be prosecuted yet again for contempt of court. When I say yet again, it's not for anything new. It's for what he did a year ago, for which he was already found in contempt and then released by the UK Court of Appeal in a unanimous ruling that said the first finding of contempt was improper, illegal. Tommy falsely was prosecuted and falsely served 10 weeks in solitary confinement. As you know, we crowdfunded his legal defense a year ago. But instead of leaving good enough alone, Theresa May's attorney general has chosen to take a second crack at it. Now, where I come from and in the United States, that might be called double jeopardy. I guess they don't have that here because they're taking another run at him. You know, Tommy was the first journalist to be sentenced to prison for contempt of court since the 1940s, but I guess uh, that's not enough punishment for Theresa May. They want to put him back in. It's rather incredible to me, but just as incredible is how blasé the United Kingdom is about the whole thing. I don't know a single member of parliament that found it odious that a journalist was imprisoned. Even when the Court of Appeal said it was improper, I didn't hear a peep. Only Lord Pearson of Rannick, one member of the House of Lords, spoke out. But other than that, silence from the political class. Actually, that's not even accurate. Glee from the political class when Tommy was arrested. You'd think that Reporters Without Borders or some other civil liberty types would care. They didn't. I didn't see a single article by any worthy pundit worrying about journalists being imprisoned. I'm, I'm really worried about the reporting as much as the law, and that's why I'm here in town and bringing with me uh, eight other journalists, actually, from other jurisdictions, because I don't know of any journalists in the United Kingdom at least in the mainstream media, who give Tommy a fair shake. And forget about Tommy, who report accurately on these grave matters at hand. My charge, my charge that I'm being brought back in a politically motivated case by the Attorney General that Theresa May's government, they sat on this case for five months. The charge I face is that I caused anxiety to the Muslim paedophiles that have been convicted of raping young girls. All of these journalists here today, all of these journalists with your cameras, my charge was to take 
taking a photo. My charge was for asking them how they felt. Exactly what every one of you just done to me right now. The law is equal. I think... I'll give a proper speech when I come back out. I want to say thank you to everyone who's come down here today. A message, a simple... A simple message, a message to the fake news media. Your freedoms are at risk as well. It's your freedoms that they're trying in here today. The ability to take a photo of someone walking into court. That's what you've all just done to me. That's what I face prosecution for today. And never miss. Never miss a fair opportunity. Vote for me. I am standing amidst a boisterous crowd outside the Old Bailey Central Criminal Courts in Central London. I'd say there's about 500 people on the pro-Tommy side. And looking up the street, I see about two dozen Antifa and Jeremy Corbyn Laborites, all with their prefab signs on this side, a much more organic grassroots protest. Those are the professional protesters. But of course, the real problem is not the banter or the debate on the streets. I don't think it's going to get violent, although it has in the past. Antifa's tactics is deplatforming and violence where possible. There's a lot of police. You can see the police in the yellow vests here. Um, I think there'll be excellent order. You don't want to riot outside the central criminal courts. I think the main problem is inside the courts itself. Because why are we here today? We're here because Theresa May's attorney general has chosen to re-prosecute Tommy Robinson again for the same incident for which he was held in contempt a year ago outside the county court in Leeds, UK. Just a quick reminder, Tommy was live streaming from his phone about on Facebook about a rape gang trial of more than two dozen men. The jury had finished their deliberations. It was judgment day. Tommy was outside the court, didn't talk about any details inside the court. All he did was read the names of the accused and he read them from the BBC state broadcaster website. But for that offense or some other offense, we're not quite sure, a squad of police swooped him. You've seen the footage, grabbed him, put him in the back of the truck, took him to a police station, took him to court in a less than 10 minute trial in which Tommy himself didn't have a word to speak. He was sentenced to 13 months in prison, packed off to prison that day, and was shortly thereafter transferred to a high-risk prison dominated by Muslim gangs itself. Tommy had to be put in solitary confinement for his own safety, said the warden of the prison, where he was starved because, of course, the Muslim gangs also ran the kitchens. As you know, Rebel viewers crowdfunded the legal appeal the Court of Appeal, led by no one less than the Lord Chief Justice of England and Wales himself, issued a scathing rebuke of that decision to imprison Tommy, and he was freed thanks to rebel viewers. You would think that that would be enough. You would think that that would have humiliated the establishment enough to have been exposed as be so abusive, but no. Jeffrey Cox, Theresa May's new Attorney General, has made the positive decision to re-prosecute Tommy for that original offense. Oh!
today. And, and the fake news media have started already. Any of the journalists that are in court today who sat and listened. I just read the Standards News Report. Get it up. It's the, stand, the Standard News Report says that I, I jeopardised the trial of men who have raped children, okay? The charges, the charges, the charges I now face on the 4th of July in a two-day trial have completely changed from the original, they've changed three times. The charges I now face, and let me tell you why they've changed. On the 21st of November, before a High Court judge, one of the Muslim paedophiles serving time in HMP Leeds appealed his conviction. He appealed his conviction on the basis that Tommy Robinson prejudiced the trial. The High, the High Court judge refused his appeal. The High Court judge said that I never prejudiced any trial. Who is the bull to send into the European Union's China shop and just, just bash it up? Tommy Robinson, I think. Now, he's not a reckless smasher like that bull is. Tommy has a real message. He has a coherent message and an ideology, and he has a track record, and he has a mission. But his style, well, here's a dramatic Tommy moment that I think more than a few Brits might be happy to see him do, metaphorically speaking, to the European Union. This was when Tommy was in Rome. Now, he wasn't working for us then. He was on his own, um, independent journalism, and he, uh, he was threatened by a migrant who actually threatened to kill Tommy, watch this. Yeah, that's about two seconds. Uh, I think I think Tommy can do that to the EU. I like Nigel Farage, and I think he's going to be great in the European Union. I like Tommy even more, and I think he's going to be like a blowtorch to the political correctness in there. He's going to smack him, metaphorically. But can he really win? Can he win? Well, that's the thing. There are eight members of the European Parliament to be selected from the northwest of England. That's around Manchester. And it is not a first-past-the-post system. It's sort of a mathematical way of counting votes. The top vote-getter wins, gets one MEP, and then that party's votes are divided by two, and then they check, and then the next top vote-getter wins, and then their vote is divided by two, for it's the same party is divided by three. I'm not going to take you through the whole system. It's, uh, it's actually quite ingenious, uh, but long story short, let me tell you how the story ends you can win and become a member of the European Parliament in Northwest England with less than 10% of the vote. In the last election, in 2014, 1.75 million people voted in that electoral region, and it took 160,000 votes to win one of the eight seats. In the previous elections, in 2009, 1.65 million people voted in Northwest England, it took 132,000 votes to win. That's 8%. Can Tommy Robinson get 8% or 9% or 10% of the vote in Northwest England? Why, I do believe he can. Now, it will be an uphill battle in some ways. The entire media class is against him. The entire political class is, too. Nigel Farage won't even touch him. The UKIP won't even let him run for them. And the other parties would throw him in prison. Labor and the Conservatives would throw him in prison if they could. In fact, the Conservatives already did. 
Police will likely harass him. It wouldn't shock me if he was charged with some trumped-up charge, some stitch-up, just to get him off the streets like he was that day in Leeds. Now, we hear the rebels support Tommy. We always have. But, of course, we're foreigners in the U.K. I'm a Canadian. So I can't vote. I can't donate. Now, if you're a Brit watching this, you can do both of those things. And I encourage you to go to Tommy's website, votetommy.co.uk. That's, that's how they do it over there, .co.uk. But there is one thing that we will be doing as a company. We will be reporting on the campaign fairly. I'm Jessica Spencerowski with The Rebel. Here in the UK, Tommy's, uh, Tommy Robinson's campaign has moved to Olden, which is a heavily Muslim populated area. The protesters are behind us. Police did have to push them back. They started with throwing eggs, and now they're actually going into the bins and going into the trash bins, picking up bottles and throwing it to the sides. came probably around a hundred of them they started on one side police did block them and they actually came around the street to another corner uh, all running towards the rally throwing eggs throwing bottles that they're finding in bins lying around in front of the houses uh, I even saw them throw some bricks at the at, uh, Tommy Robinson's crowd I don't see any media here. I don't see anyone covering this. You're not going to see this. You're not going to hear about this, about the aggression from a, almost a, definitely over 100 Muslim people pushing, trying to get to this side, throwing bricks, throwing glass bottles at women and children that are here for a political campaign rally. Looking around, there's women in distress. There's women crying that were chased out of their cars when they saw them come in. All of this because Tommy Robinson was holding the Manchester, and I'm sure half of them I've been on the campaign with him since, since this Tuesday, and before that, they had no no problems with us. There were protesters at some of the events. There were some civil protesters, but nothing like this. This is what happens when Tommy Robinson stepped into Holden. So we just got news that actually somebody got stabbed. Uh, I don't have much information. I don't know what side escalated the situation, but I am walking towards the crowd. A kid? It sounds like a child has actually been stabbed. Police are trying to de-escalate the situation. Riot police did show up, and I can tell uh, the the protest is dispersing, but it looks like they're actually just going to try another entrance towards the rally. Uh, it doesn't look like they're giving up. They're not. It's, this is not a peaceful protest. This is not paid protesters with signs. These are angry, aggressive people looking to cause trouble. They're not here to protest. They're here to do something drastic. 
Tommy did finish up his rally probably earlier than he intended, but he's worried about how people are actually going to get out of here. They are surrounded. There are police everywhere now trying to block the area so no more protesters get close enough. So we had to get there out of there pretty quickly. Um, Tommy actually had all the families there take all the kids and put them in his van so they can get out of there safely. Um, we are on the move, but I am here in the UK to report on his campaign because the mainstream media wasn't there. Hello Preston! Are we voting this week? Come on! You see what you just watched there? I bet many of you have already seen it. Hopefully you've seen it. The censorship already. This chat, this video has gone up on multiple different people's YouTube channels and it's been censored. Age appropriate, can't be shared, can't be commented. They don't want the public to see the reality. This was orchestrated. You witnessed, I don't know, I started on that because we, had, we were set up around the corner in the middle of that estate and a lady who lives in the house next door come over and said, I'm sorry, I watched your video in Oldham and I saw what happened. Can you guarantee me the hundreds of masked up balaclavered men are not going to come here and attack you? I said, I can't. So can you guarantee the police will stop them? I said, I can't. I said, well, I've got my children here. I'm not part of this political rally, and I don't feel safe. The fact that people can't have political rallies without that level of fear is the reality of where we're at. So we agreed to move. The fact that all of you have watched that video and you've still come down, you're still standing here, sends everyone a message. It sends them all a message. And I go, this is probably the best crowd we've had all across the Northwest. Come on, Preston. I'm getting more and more confident as the days go on in this campaign. We're winning! Two, we have a reporter here from the local newspaper. Do we see... No, 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 let's, let's see what comes out. Do you see far-right thugs here? Or do you see families and normal British people? Please report. Please report. Please report what you see. Please report what you see. So you just finished up your final rally for your political campaign. How are you feeling? Are you excited? Are you nervous for tomorrow for voting day? I'm excited. It's happened. It's happened. I hope you have, I don't end up eating my words of this whole election campaign. I'm excited. The support, you've seen, you've seen the support. Everywhere we go, it's getting them voting. And if we can do that, I also know what the future will bring. I know we're going to inspire a generation of our people to get out and vote and to take back our country. We've watched as it's been... It's rotten, and we see so many traitors in Parliament. So I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Not I'm excited for myself. I'm excited for every one of these people to feel that buzz. I'm excited for people who aren't even from the northwest, who are from our community, who are part of our movement, who are going to feel it and think they've done it. We done it. I'm excited for the momentum, the momentum that will build from this. It'll be like a snowball. I'm excited for what's going to happen after this. And so every single rally so far has had hundreds of people. Are you surprised with the amount of support you've been receiving? I've I've seen the complete change over the years. Do you know if people weren't scared, if people didn't lose their job, we'd have thousands everywhere. We'd fill football stadiums of people. It's getting them to vote. And tomorrow could be the day that shocks the world when people think, oh my God. So you're feeling confident? I'm feeling confident. 
I'm feeling confident. Thanks for trying, darling. Well, I'm here with the man of the hour himself, Tommy Robinson. Tommy, not the result that you were hoping for that I thought you would get. I think it comes down to you have been unpersoned. It's complete. I said censorship one, democracy nil. How can you fight? There's reasons why the election campaign, there's all these rules and laws to make it equal. You can only spend the same as each other, all these rules and regulations. But in this campaign, my opposition could use social media. They could do paid advertisement, which I couldn't. I had organisations doing paid advertisement against me, slandering, lying about me, demonised me, and I couldn't even counter it. It's still 40,000 votes is quite a lot. It's a record for an independent candidate for the European Union elections. And it was just in the one geographic region of Northwest England. But it wasn't quite enough to punch through. I have a theory that I heard someone on your campaign team, excuse me, your campaign team say, is that because Nigel Farage was running with a very strong Brexit message, and because the UKIP was still on the ballot, and Gerard Batten has been strong on some of the other issues, like the Islamification, that maybe some of the Tommy vote dissipated to both of those parties. I'd say multiple things like that. Multiple things like many people wouldn't even have known I was running. Um, many people wouldn't have voted. Many people aren't registered to vote. By the time we found out and got our leaflets printed, by the time we went out, people only had two days to vote. By the time we started campaigning, <clears throat> and then to campaign, we couldn't reach people. We had no social media. We, when we tried to use Royal Mail to do leaflets, they prevented and they blocked them and they didn't hand them out. So we've been up against everything. So all in all, look, we fought, we lost. If we lost a fair fight, I'd stand here and swallow it. But it wasn't a fair fight. Ezra Levant here for the Rebel.media. I am at a reception of Tommy's most ardent supporters the night before his hopefully final contempt of court hearing, where he will hopefully finally beat the rap. Tommy, it's been 14 months. I've never heard of a contempt of court case lasting more than a year. This is unprecedented. Well, my, my lawyers believed it would have got kicked out at the last stage for that one reason alone. Yeah. It's unfair to have it hanging over me. It's been hanging over me for a year. I think that's done on purpose. Um, You've read the case. My lawyers are confident. I've committed no crime, I've broke no laws. So I hope I'm cleared tomorrow. I hope that I can get on with my life. I'm not confident, I'm not confident that, my lawyers are. Mm. As you said, this is the seventh time, seventh or eighth time I've been to court for this case. I've never heard of that before. Remember what this case is? I held up my phone and I read public information. Mm -hmm. That's my case. Yeah, and you had a general public commentary. You weren't even in the rape gang trial. You couldn't have spoken about details of the trial because you weren't in there. No. And, it, and uh, 
and my point which I find so shocking is that my charge is that I could have, the perceived chance that I could have caused anxiety to the now convicted Muslim rapists. And the wording on their charge is that these Muslim rapists must be free to come to court without fear of molestation. Molestation, that word is so ironic given That's that the they word. were they pedophile. That Unbelievable. They my charge. I'm reading the thing and are they for real? Are they, yeah. are they trolling me? You know, Tommy, last Christmas I finally read through your autobiography, Enemy of the State. And what was clear to me there is that you were targeted by the state as a trouble, so they used any law, they stretched any law they could. You know, as Lavrenti Beria of the uh, old predecessor to the KGB said, show me the man, I'll find you the crime. If a police state wants to get someone, okay. they'll use anything. So I think they'll find justification tomorrow. To I think what this is about is telling the whole country, we were right to arrest him, he was guilty. And sending that message, because at the minute, I was released from prison, they were in the wrong, everything was unlawful, and then it looks terrible for them. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't just look terrible for them, it leaves an open door. I was held against my characterization, I was held unlawfully, I wasn't, I, every procedure was done wrong. The way I was held in prison was subject to mental torture. That leaves an open door for, at the minute for me to bring charges against the Well, state. I hope you do. I'm standing outside the Old Bailey Central Criminal Courts in London shortly after Tommy Robinson was sentenced to prison for live streaming his political commentary on Facebook outside a rape gang trail trial last year in Leeds. Uh, this has been a very long procedure, 14 months back and forth in the courts. Tommy has already served 10 weeks in solitary confinement before that original conviction was quashed. This was a retrial, and yet he was convicted again and sentenced again. The long and the short of it is he was sentenced to a maximum of nine months in prison. They reactivated an old three-month suspended sentence, added to it a new six-month sentence, and ordered that they be served consecutively, nine months in prison for citizen journalism. But, as I mentioned, because he served some time improperly, he gets credit for that. There's other mathematics that apply. So in the end, the effective sentence will be 19 weeks in prison. And again, because there's a rule about early reliefs, Tommy will be out in nine and a half weeks. So after all the math, Tommy Robinson will be in prison for 66 days. So Tommy, what does this verdict mean, not only for you, but what does this mean for the country? It probably means for me I'll go jail next week, which is unbelievable. I'll go jail for asking someone on the way into court as a journalist, how are you feeling about your verdict? That's all I've done. That's all I've done. It's a, the video's there for everyone to watch. That's all I've done, how you feel about your verdict. And I'll go to prison for the second time. And they know what that means. It means there is, not only no freedom, because we know we've got no free speech, we know we live in a post-free speech era, there's now no free press. You're not even allowed to ask that question. You're not allowed to... I've been convicted for taking a photo of someone. Every, you, how many journalists took photos of me as I walked into court today? Well, so the, one of the, the video they showed in court of the press surrounding you last time you were going into the Old Bailey, and there was a BBC reporter. She asked you the exact same things. How are you feeling? So how should the press be feeling? How, what should they be thinking no, right they, now? They, they should be worried, but they're celebrating. They're all happy. They're all happy. It's insane. It's insane, but you can see how corrupt they are because they don't even have a report. Every one of them run the same headline. They're all in the same club. They're not, they're not reporters, they're activists. They're not reporters, they're not journalists, they're activists. I'll just, um, yeah. And 
so the next hearing for the sentencing is going to be on the 11th of July. Yeah. So what, what's the plan until then? What do you, where is your head at? What are you planning for to me, do? I, I thought, I got told it would be adjourned for four to six weeks, which is why I'm upset because I thought if I go jail, I'll go jail at the start of September. After my kids break up for school holidays for six weeks, next week, oh, it's going to do my nothing. And what's the plan for tonight? I'm going home, mate. I, I was meant to be out tonight. I can't bother now. Yeah, yeah. And do you have any message for either your supporters or for the police or for the judges or for the media themselves? They've just, they've, really, what they've done, if, what they don't understand is they say that they're trying to restore faith with the British public in, in that the rule of law, uh, the, the, how things have to be done at courts. They lost the faith of the British public when they unlawfully and illegally in a, in a, in a flawed trial put me in jail. They knew that left it open for me to sue them for millions because of what they've done. This prevents that now. I think that... Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> I think that people in America, people in other countries should look on. Donald Trump, if you're watching, I've already said, give me asylum before next Tuesday, next Thursday, because I reckon I'll get killed in jail. Ezra Levant, I'm standing outside HMP Belmarsh, the prison outside London, where Tommy Robinson has been incarcerated for these past 66 days. Behind me, you can see photographers from the Daily Mirror, the only photographers who were here today. It was kept a secret, the exact time and location, and sorry, the exact time and date of Tommy being released. And here he is now. Yeah, the, the camera's pointing this way. They've been very insistent that I not. Hey, Tommy, hey, thanks, how man. you doing, mate? You right? I'm doing great. Look at you. I know, man. I'm first stop hairdressers, yeah? I know. Have your fun with your memes. <laughs> Tommy, it's great to see you. It's good to be seen. You're in better health than you were last time. We visited you a few times. Say a few words to your supporters who have been rooting for you these past 66 days. Yep. I'd say it's been... Um, I've enjoyed reading the support and hearing the support. For me, for me, the main thing for this would be an embarrassment to the British government an embarrassment to the judiciary. In the judge's words, so let's pretend I did commit contempt of court, which I didn't. In her words, it was unintentional. So something that was unintentional, something that was unintentional that had zero effect on a trial, would result in a man, a journalist, being put in prison, spending two and a half months of solitary confinement in Onley. And the, this is the crazy thing. I've walked into Belmarsh prison and walked out without seeing another prisoner. <laughs> but in a way, that was good because- it's good for in, Finally, yeah. they would have killed you if they could. No, they would have done, yeah, yeah. Essentially, the governor here has done... I, I, I don't have a negative word to say about Belmarsh Prison or, or, the, or any of the stuff. Other than the insanity that you were in other here to than, begin with. Other than the insanity, and by putting me at the Old Bailey, they knew they'd get me in Belmarsh. Mm -hmm. So then they can get me on solitary, on isolation. Whereas if they if they would have put it in the second biggest court in the land, which was Winchester, mm -hmm. I'd have gone to the Cat B local in Winchester, I'd have been fine, because yeah. there's no Muslims in the, jail, in the jail. But essentially, I know I look a mess, so have your fun with it. I've got, and it's ginger, so I look like a little cowardly convert coming out of jail. Assalamu <laughs> 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 alaikum. Do you know it took 16 days? This is another thing, it, it took, which is what I find quite fun. The imams come to see me each day. The imams? The imams every day. Are they trying to, are they no, trying no, to get no, you on side? They weren't. They, they were all nice, yeah. And it, it took 16 days. Yeah, I'm not bothered about that. It took 16 days. 16 days before a Christian come. Really? Every day, and there are four different imams within the 16 days, and then a Christian come, and when he come, I was just like, Holy so there cow. is a Christian one. Well, can... listen, I, uh, there are a few other media who came here. Yeah. 
What's your message to the media? I have to say the mainstream media, the Daily Mirror's here, they were here early. You read their lies? No, you can't, not from the prison, mate. That's You read their lies? You read their lies? The Daily Mirror lied saying I was attacked. The Daily Mirror lied saying I was attacked in this prison. You lied. You lied to the public. You made up an entire story or you were part of the propaganda that's pushed out. My only message to them is, you're a disgrace and embarrassment because if this happened to a journalist in Hong Kong, if what's happened to me happened to a journalist in Russia, in China, you'd all be up in arms. But because I talk about Islam, you're all silent. You're all complicit in the attack on free speech that we're witnessing. You're all complicit on what's happened to our country. All of the media are. Well, that, it's but a great point. Right now, there's, there's Venezuela. Found, 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 I was found, found guilty by an appointed judge. By an appointed judge two weeks before. No, not by a jury. Common law, English common law says that if you can face over six months in prison, you get a jury. I was not given a jury. So you think you'd be not guilty if it was a jury trial? I know I'd have got found not guilty, and so do they. It's the only the you, only offence in the whole entire country, yeah, that you can get taken to prison for up to two years without a jury. Yeah. Without a jury. Well, that's how contempt works. That's no, 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 law. that's not how English common law works. So that goes against English common law. And why was I at the Old Bailey? You tell me as a journalist, why was I at the Old Bailey? 13 murder trials and me for holding my phone up and I, I, I was convicted of... High profile, Tommy. Because I'm high profile, that's yes, why I'm at the Old Bailey. Yeah. Well, what, maybe it is. What difference does that make? Because they know you're going to have all your fans are going to be there. What difference and they know they Because obviously the security procedures aren't the same as the old Bailey's they are at other courts. Well, I've been, I've been to 10 different courts over the years. They've, yeah. never, they've never moved me to that way. Your popularity has increased. Look like how popular you increased. are. I'm glad you recognise that. <laughs> Charmy, it's really because weird. Your failures it's increased. weird to have this the media increasing. debating arguing, with arguing, you. Arguing because they, they're not media. They, they are not media. They're not journalists reporting stories. I've never, seen, I've never seen this before that, that a journalist is taking the role of the prosecutor. I mean, I like a good prickly question myself, but I've just, I mean, of course I've never it's seen this except for... It's our job to question people. It's our no, job. No, you're not questioning, you're telling me. You didn't yeah, question, you're telling me. Ground, but, at the same time... Yeah. Well, Tommy, tell you what, let's, let's, uh, let's get your haircut, let's get your hot meal, let's get, let's get you reunited with your family, wife and kids. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, mate, we're going now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thanks ever so much, So, um... All right, Tommy. Well, listen. Let's get you cleaned up. The sun, mate. The you, sun. You got a lot of you got a lot of friends and fans. Give us one word about the mail. I know that there was about a, a month before you were able to get your your mails. Yeah. yeah, we'll be we'll be in that. So there's like the... I think there's 14 sacks. I read 14 sacks read, of mail. I read every single one of your messages. Um, every single bit of your mail, and it's a, it was emotional. It was emotional emotional for me to read the read the effect it has on people, and it's also fulfilling to see the amount of people that woke up that were awakened by what the British government have done and what they're doing. Yeah. All right, let's take care of you, my friend. Nice to see you. I'm no, glad you're free. Yes. Cheers. No, be free, well, we picked him up at prison. We got him a haircut. He had a hot meal, and now Tommy Robinson sits down with me. What a pleasure to see you outside of prison and free again. It's good to be seen. Um, this time was a lot different than your incarceration in HMP only. I would describe that as torture, physical and psychological. How was it this time? So, I was in Belmarsh, obviously, and the governor of Belmarsh made a complete effort to make sure that my rights were recognised. I was in for a civil offence, it's, it's not a criminal offence. As a civil prisoner, you're entitled to more money. So, my big thing... In, as in, in to spend more of your own To spend more money. £47.50 a week I could spend, mm -hmm. which meant I could buy as much tinned food as I wanted. And really, basically, and fruit and things like that. In only last year, £10 a week I had. So I could buy six tins of tuna. That's it. And, and you couldn't eat the prison cafeteria food because, of course, it was made by the prison Muslims. Muslim gangs. 
how was it in Belmarsh? Did you feel comfortable eating their prepared food? So from the, from when I was, I went into Belmarsh prison and come out of Belmarsh prison without seeing a prisoner. The only prisoner I saw on two separate occasions was Julian Assange. Now that's amazing to a lot of people that, because some, I mean, I, I don't know enough about Julian Assange to come to a firm conclusion, but some people call him a political prisoner. He's certainly not a violent man. You are definitely a political prisoner. For the two of you to, to wind up in the same prison, the same unit, that's yes. quite something. Maybe it was inevitable, I don't so know. He's, he's, so he's in healthcare, which so basically where I was, was it's a prison within the prison. So essentially no one goes to so this section bit. So you've got, you've got a corridor, you've got a corridor along here, and there's no windows in the corridor. So there's a corridor, there's a door at this end and a door at this end. And, along, and on this strip, there'll be four rooms, and a prison officer's room where the staff will sit, two, two members of staff then an empty cell, and then my cell, and then the next cell, which is another empty cell with a bike, um, exercise bike in it. And at the end you'll have, then at the end is a shower. So, and then my, so for me to have it, so the idea is that you're as contained on here, no one sees you, no one knows you're there. They call it a suite, don't they? They call it a suite. For anyone who stayed in a suite in a hotel, it's not, it's not, it's not a suite yet. It's, free, it's, basically free, it's basically free cells. But, so at nine in the morning, so they'd come and my door would be opened at nine in the morning, quarter nine. And then when my door's open, then the, the officers then sit in their room. And then you ha I have till quarter past 11 to shower, use the bike. So you're on your own, but I'll go on the bike for an hour. The bike was a godsend. The first day I, first day I saw the bike, I was like, because they said it's got, you've got your own gym. Because I said, I want to go to the gym. You've got your own gym. When I was coming in reception, I saw the bike at first, like, Jim. Is that all it is, the bike to the yeah, weights also? Yeah, it's actually good. No, 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 it's, and then, um, so then I'd, I'd do an hour on the bike. Um, I'd pace up and down to cool, to cool down a bit before I had a shower, and then I'd have a shower, and then I'd go on an exercise yard, which is a contained exercise. So, so the, the exercise yard backs onto where my window is, and um, it's like, you, you see from the visit room, it's four story high. Mm -hmm. But there's all windows looking on this exercise yard, so it's a, it's a square, a it's, a, it's a courtyard. Um, but there's no cells that look onto it. There's no there's no cells around here. This part this part of the prison. This this is all offices. But then at the top, there's four cells from healthcare. So if you've had an operation, if you're on a, a hospital wing, um, there's four windows that looked onto this courtyard. Junior Assange's was the second window in. So. You could holler up to him, and he could holler down to you. Yeah. So two days, where were we now? Two, three days ago, I spent thirty minutes, but I could see him then because, again, he's not having a good time. Mm. He's been in in he's, um, former detention for many years. Yeah, and, and, the, and as he says, the isolation has gained or got to him. I don't want to pry into any confidences, although I don't think I'd call it a confidence. Obviously, every word he said to you, and vice versa, was tracked by the prison and probably various intelligence agencies. I don't think there's a private word spoken in those contingency suites. I know when I visited you, there was a camera in the ceiling. There's cameras everywhere. Are you at liberty to discuss what you talked about with him? Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be aware. That's why I wouldn't be aware if, if he didn't want me to. Mm. So through, through a mutual friend that was... You know what, I, you don't, no problem, I just yeah. was curious. But, yeah. but the fact that you spoke with him was interesting. I want to put him... But I spoke to him about a mutual friend we spoke about this morning. Right. So any, anything... I said if I can no problem. I, I was just curious because I know our viewers will be tantalized. Now, when I visited you on one of those occasions, I heard some moaning or some shouting, obviously not from Assange. There's another... 
prison, did, was there a murderer in the wing yeah, as well? A, so on healthcare as well. So there's a prisoner who, so in the first week I was speaking to him because you can't, I couldn't see him, so I haven't seen him, but you can shout out the window and you can speak to the person, there's four windows there, but there's one lad there who was, I was feeling sorry for him the first week. He's having a terrible sentence, he's 10 years in. Um, but then I, Ten years in isolation? No, he's, so he's not in isolation, so he's in help. Yeah, for his door to open, there has to be four, four security, wearing full riot gear every time. Oh my God, he must be a monster. Well, or maybe not, well, maybe not. They could say that about you. No, he is. So he's, the crime he told me is in there for, I checked out, because I didn't want to be talking, so I want to know what he's in there for. He told me he's in there for murdering his mate. He's not in there for murdering his mate. He's in there for murder and raping a 16-year-old girl, thrown her in the So he's having a bad 10 years. And when I found that out, I thought it was good that he's having such a bad sentence and I'm glad, I hope he has another 15 years of hell in there. But um, that's, so that's the only, and, and, and so when anyone who's been in prison, it's the hustle and bustle of being in prison. You hear, it's, it's the noises of being in prison, the environment of being in prison. But this wasn't like being in a prison because as I said, the only person I saw briefly, which was once, so, and again, when the, so when I got in there, I expected the same as last time. 23 and a half hour bang up, them to block, and they blocked, like last time, the only time they'd get me out was at, at lunchtime for my shower. And that's when I could use the phone. And my wife at the time was working actually in a school, she's not now, but she was working in a school. And my kids were at school, so I couldn't speak to my family. And they purposely done everything, so I expected the same. Mm. But, um, and I was probably quite rude. The first day, I remember the when the governor come down to see me, I just said, shut, shut the door. Because I expected the same, but then it very, I knew quite quickly it wasn't the same. I mean, that, like, that, like, essentially, that governor is in a position where I've landed in his prison, which is why I haven't got a bad word to say about Belmarsh. I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed and angered and frustrated at what they've been allowed to do again. By putting me at the Old Bailey, they know that sends me to Belmarsh. Belmarsh is, houses the worst terrorists and the worst. It's like Guantanamo Bay. Yeah, it's the worst offenders in, when the worst offenders in the UK are sent to Belmarsh. Salman Abadie's brothers, I believe in there now. You, the man who attacked the police officer, the British, he come in there. When I, so it's, it's, it's terrorists and murderers. And you. And a civil offender. So that, uh, Ross Kemp, that's what, because Ross Kemp's doing a, a documentary. He's a British uh, journalist. Yeah, he's, he's doing it and he come, that's what he come down after a couple of days. And I don't put it, I, I think, he came down after a couple of days saying, like, "How do you feel?" And you're not in, you're not, you're not a threat here. And he's, and he's right. And, and there was no, at no time in that sentence, after the first couple of days, did, did I feel in, in danger. Well, Tommy, I, your kids are almost out of school, so I'll wrap up. But I recall that it was exactly in the same pub that you and I met and chatted when you were released out of Onley, uh, the, the horrible prison in which you were tortured. And I must say that physically, psychologically, mentally, emotionally, you are so much better now than you were shell shocked back then. It was like a, it was it was like a detonation went off next year. I wasn't, um, I wasn't, ex I wasn't expecting to get released when I got released. Right. So I wasn't expecting to get released this time as well. Even this morning, I was quite emotional this morning, which, but that's from being looked up by. No, yeah. it's, it's not normal. So, yeah. so it's and. Um, so yeah, I was quite, and even I wasn't, I wasn't excited about getting out, huh. which I should be sure. Isn't that interesting? Well, Tommy, I want to let you know because it sounds like you got a lot of mail, but we get an enormous amount of email and comments on Twitter and YouTube and Facebook, and I think you know it, but I'll just tell you anyways, there are people not just in the United Kingdom, but around the world who follow your story 
they feel like they have a personal friendship with you, yeah, yeah. and some of them do. It's not just my journey, it's theirs. Well, and the issues you talk about are so, they, they ring a bell for so many people, and so a lot of people, I know if they could speak through me here, they would say, please keep it up, please be smart, please be careful, please make good choices, but please keep fighting, because as I've said before, I believe that you're the last lion, and if they stop you, well then, who else could there possibly be? So you've got to keep doing it. Uh, keep well, doing it. Again, I was asked that this morning. Will, will you be back? Because there's a documentary being filmed in Belmarsh Prison. Will you be back? Back in prison is what yeah, they meant. Will, will you be back? Well, let's do our best to let that. Let's do our best. Let's do our best. But I said the same answer to him: is the minute you start worrying about consequences, the minute you stop doing what you do. Yeah. Now I'm going to continue to do what I do. I don't intend to break any yeah. laws. I'm not going to break any laws. Um, I will defend myself. I need to defend myself at times. Um, but it, it's like. They, I'm going to continue doing the work I do. You've yeah. seen how much that's upset and angered them already. Um, so yeah, uh, if I, I'll just say a massive. I'm going to you know, people get a video from me in the in the next week um, talking about my experience as well and about how grateful I am. But to everyone who wrote to me, everyone who mailed to me, all the people who spent their money travelling, some of the distances. I'm reading your mails. I'm reading the mails of some people and they're telling me the times they're getting on mega buses mm. and their transport down on their own, yeah, mm. against their family's wishes. And then and then I'm reading the full stories and it's it's. It, it was such a, as I say, fulfilling, heartwarming to read their journeys that they've gone on themselves from being here to waking up, to questioning, to falling out with family, to, and I, I say the same thing to all of them. I've been through that same experience and all the people who have turned against you or your friends that might be disagreeing with you and not understanding, there will come a time when they understand and then they'll realise that they're wrong and you'll see, you'll see the same as I've seen. So yeah, I'm grateful and as I said, uh, I'm grateful to everyone for the support. Man.